we're talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel. What is up, Dakota? Not a whole lot. Uh, just hanging out. We did our track day, which was excellent. It was excellent. Yeah, it was really fun. It was we, fun. we got to ride in pretty much all conditions. <laughs> that was true. Honestly, in one day, I don't think I've really seen the weather change that much. Yeah, I mean, we started out the morning on a cooler track, cooler day, and then it started raining, and I rode in the rain. I don't know if you rode in the active rain. I did. I We had some, I mean, I think we had some rain here and there. Um, yeah, it was like actively raining <laughs> while I was on the track. Actually, I, I did come off the track. I think our first session after lunch, I had to come off because my front end just kept going out, and I like, I saved it. And I think even the camera guy at, uh, at the track that day, I went into turn one, which if anybody's been to NC Bike, when they do it counterclockwise, so the opposite of what they normally do, um, it's a really tight, tight, tight. Yeah, like tight left, left turn. hand turn that has a dip and you go a little bit. I mean, it, nothing it, is really uphill there. See, but. I went outside, inside, outside again. I noticed a lot of people kind of going mid-corner. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite so much into the dip, and I think I found out why is because when the track is slippery, <laughs> that dip gets really slick. And so I went in there, and I mean, my whole handlebar is just locked up. You know, my tires like pointed right, and the the photographer just looks up, and he gives me this big thumbs up and starts laughing. I can just tell he was like, "That was awesome." I wish he had gotten it on camera. I did. I could not find it. I was hoping he was it was too a- busy watching you almost crash. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been it would have been great to get that on video because I could say, "Hey, look, that was my Marquez moment." But yeah. uh, you know, anyway, that was fun. Yeah, it was a it was a good time. Uh, when I went out after lunch, there was a lot of water still on the track. Yeah, because I think the the group three, the fast guys, they're all on slicks, so yeah. none of them went out the first that. So I was kind of expecting them to dry it up. Mm-hmm. My group was really the first to go out after after lunch. And then I think between our group, your group, and then group three, then it kind of dried yeah. up. But that entire time was... Well, and then once hard. it got dry, uh, the sun came out, and it was it was not super hot, but it was hot because the sun was out. So it was just really funny. We we had all track conditions that day, so that yeah. was really fun. Yeah, it got, actually got pretty toasty towards the end. Yeah, it was really fun. It's a great track to, like, practice skills on. Yeah, it's not... It's not complicated yeah and it's it's not the best track that i've ever been to vir is the best track that i've been to that is true uh, but i had a great time evolved gt put on a good event um so yeah it was good yep. it was fun we got to meet uh a guy uh, tom your friend oh yeah i yeah, mean yeah. i'd never met him but uh shout out to him he likes everything that we put on instagram which yep. i really appreciate because that helps us. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of track time this summer, so it looks like he's really, really picked up. Um, I think the f- last time I, when I met him, I think was his first track day, and he seems like he's really just... Yeah, he I seemed mean, locked in. He's coming along. I think he's he's pretty fast now. Yeah, so we are going to be talking about Mandalika and Indonesia and everything that's going to be happening this weekend, but before we do that, we got to talk about Morton's BMW. The best biker dealership That's in right. Town. It is located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. They've got... Awesome, awesome stuff in their store, and they are the best for sponsoring our Fantasy League this year and giving a $50 gift card to the winner. 
And uh, if you don't play our fantasy league for MotoGP, it's okay. You should still check out Morton's BMW because uh, they have an amazing selection of BMW bikes as well as other bikes that have been traded in. Uh, so they have a really good used selection also. And their service center is top-notch. It is the best one around. And no matter how much you spend at Morton's, whether you buy a motorcycle or you buy a, you know, a glove, hopefully you would buy more than one, but whether you spend a little or a lot or you get something worked on, you become a part of the Morton's BMW family, and that goes a long way and means a lot. So check out Morton's BMW. Big shout out to them. Appreciate them. I actually have a fun track day story. The, I think the last time I was at a track day, I think you were there. Yeah, it was on Saturday. I mean, not not this <laughs> last one, but the, I think the time before that. Um, I don't think we were in the same session, but we I went around and somebody had lost a glove. And okay, that makes sense if it's a street bike, like just a regular road wear, because I have one that it doesn't cover just, but it doesn't go past my wrist. Um, it's like a bicycle glove with a bunch of leather and pads in it. But uh, when you're on the track, you have to have, it's called gauntlet style. It wraps around your wrist. Um, all the way down to like your forearm and then just make sure it doesn't come off. So I don't know how somebody went around a track and lost a glove and then nobody, nobody fessed up to who it belonged to, but it wasn't there when we got there. So someone lost the track glove it's very strange. in the middle of the track. So, you know, they would be eligible to buy a single glove. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about uh, Amanda Lika. So here is your track data. First of all, it's a really cool track. It's going to be a really fast track. A lot of sweeping turns and things like that. It's really, really neat. Because there's a lot of slow tracks in MotoGP. You know what I mean, Ty. <laughs> uh, all right, so the total length is 4.3 kilometers. That's 2.67 miles. The total width is a wide track, 15 meters. That's 49 feet. Uh, and the longest straight is 723 meters, which is uh, almost 2,400 feet. So a uh, really nice uh, straight. It's not super, super long, but it's not super short. So... We're probably not going to see any 226 mile an hour, you know, <laughs> record breaking speeds or anything like that, but they're going to go fast and they're going to have some really, really hard uh, braking going into turn one. Just to give everybody a, a, a concept of how wide 15 meters is, the Hollywood sign is 15 meters tall. Well, for those of us who haven't seen that in person, that doesn't help a ton. It's three standard canoes. Uh, it's a basketball ball goal and a half. Five typical kayaks. Jeez. Ten so, professional pull cues. So there are 11 right corners and six left corners at Mandalika. Again, uh, when they come around to the last turn, turn 17, it's... It's a really tight turn coming out of a tight turn 16 and into the straight. So they're going to be trying to get as much drive out of that as they can because uh, it's going to be a slow set turn out of 17. Uh, it's not like they're coming out of a really fast turn onto a straight. So going to be a really interesting track. The uh, long lap penalty is at three and four. I think that that is going to actually be a very effective penalty. If someone is to get it, it's going to hurt. You know what I mean? Because sometimes the long lap penalties are placed in a spot that it doesn't really affect them too much. But I think if you were to get one here, it's going to really impact you. So 2022 results. Miguel Oliveira. It's a weird result. So I actually, because of how strange this lineup is about to be, I went back and looked at the, a few years previous to that, back all the way back to 2020. But first place, Miguel Oliveira. Second place, Fabio Quadraro. 
Third place, Joanne Zarco. Fourth place, Jack Miller. Fifth place, Alex Renz. Sixth place, Juan Mir. Seventh place, Franco Morbidelli. Weird. Eighth, pla- eighth place, Brad Bender. Ninth place, Alicia Spargaro. And tenth place, Darren Bender. Must have I been the only race he finished. Every time I see uh, Franco Morbidelli <laughs> in the top ten, it's kind of like when the kid who gets picked last in dodgeball actually gets picked in the top five, and you're like, oh, what, what what's happening? Yeah. So, well, there's, so this is an interesting track because I was like, whoa, Miguel Oliveira won, so, like, what's the deal here? Uh, he has not done quite as well previous years, but he's not been bad. Uh, you also noticed that Pecco was not in this list. He actually finished 15th in this race um, last Ooh. year. The year before that, though, in 2021, he got first place. The year before that, in 2020, he got, that like, 11th. On, that was when he was on Prem. It was when he got first place here. Uh, he was on the Ducati-Lenovo team. Yep, first place. So, the thing is, though, is there's a few people who have done really well consistently here. Fabio is one of them. Pecco has been extremely inconsistent here. He has, um, in 2020, I think he was in like 11th. In 2021, he won. 2022, he was in 15th. So literally, you don't have a clue what's going to actually happen with Pecco coming into this year. Uh, Fabio has had good consistency at this track. Jack Miller has actually been really good at this track. So there's a few names in there that you want to consider when you're thinking about, you know, what you're going to do with fantasy and stuff like that. It's going to be really interesting to see what it looks like when we come to free practice one, practice two, and all of that. So you're going to want to keep a close eye on on those things. So let's talk about what our predictions for the weekend are. Uh, my sprint, I'm going to start with third place. I think that Jack Miller is going to come in third place on the sprint. Uh, I think that because of his consistency at this track, and I think that he has shown a little bit of progress on the KTM since he's had the new chassis. So I think he's going to capitalize on some of that momentum, and he knows that he's not losing his seat anymore. So I think he's got that off of his that burden off his shoulders. And then second place, I think Brad Bender, just because he's awesome and he's fast, and I think he's going to show off um, here this weekend. Uh, mostly because his his history isn't like amazing here, but he's just been so much better this year than he has in the past, and so I think that he's going to show up. And then I think Jorge's going to win this sprint. Uh, Jorge has an okay history here. He got second place uh, not last year, but the year before, um, and he's just been really good. So <laughs> I think that he's riding a, a wave of momentum, and he's going to do really solid. So. I'm calling him to win, and then I think Pecco could be on the podium, but I think he's going to be right off the podium, and then I think that Fabio could be a dark horse in the top five. I think that's a pretty good prediction. I have, um, I don't think Pecco's going to push it Did so you much. literally copy my top three for the sprint? How dare you? Oh, gosh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> that's funny. I, I think that Pecco is not going to really try that hard in the sprint. Um, I think part of that is it's just not as many points. It's not worth potentially crashing in as much. Whereas Jorge is really going to be going guns blazing. He wants as many points as he can get so they can get that championship championship position as early as he can. Hot take. I think that Jorge is going to be leading the championship when we leave Indonesia. I hope you're right. 
I I genuinely hope you're right. I think it's gonna happen. Um, I think uh, Bender is gonna get second. Um, which is just funny. The better Bender, because uh, Darren was a crasher. Yeah. Um, and then you have I. I guess I said the same thing. I said Jack Miller. I think Jack Miller seems like he's pretty strong here, and I feel like he's kind of in the hot seat right now. So I mean, he might be okay for next year, but after that, it really seems like. If he doesn't improve at all, I mean, he has to do well. He has got to start upping his game. Yeah, I mean, his seat is going to be Mark's seat. Oh, yeah. Um, in 2025, mm-hmm. 2024, yeah. 2025. Um, yeah. I, I finally did what you do, which is <laughs> just 4th and 5th. I put Mark and Fabio in 4th and 5th. Yeah, I didn't put Mark anywhere in the top 5 just because I don't have a clue what he's going to do because he, he hasn't raced at this track in, like, years. Yeah, like a lot of years, <laughs> so I just don't know what's going to happen with him. But uh, let's move on to the main race. Here are my predictions. I think that Pecco's going to jump on the podium in third, and I think that Jorge is actually going to get second, and I think that Brad Bender is going to pull it out and win the main race, uh, just because I think he's hungry for it. I think he wants to do well. I think that Jorge is going to probably be a little bit reserved. Uh, knowing that he's trying to capitalize every point that he can, so he's not going to push it too hard to try and beat Bender. He's going to accept second place, I think. And then Zarco actually has a really solid history here. I I almost put Zarco on my, in third place, but I think Pecco is going to look and go, I have to get on the podium. So I think he's going to push it, but I really think that Zarco could be on the podium. Uh, so I got him in fourth place. And then I've got Jack in fifth place just because I think that a top five finish on a Sunday is great for Jack Miller right now. And I think that he can do that, but I don't know that I trust that he's going to stick it out the whole race. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, I put uh, Pecco in first. Boo. Now, this has got a huge asterisk over it because I think, honestly, Jorge or Pecco will win this. I don't. I don't know that either of them will come in second. I think one of them will come in first, and the other one will crash, um, which would be big for the championship. Um, I put Miguel in second. He just he did really well last year. Um, different bike, different bike. But uh, I could totally see him he, if he has this track maybe figured out more than everybody else. I could see him having an advantage here. I put him. I've guessed him before. The year before he was in fourteenth. Just so you know. Well, I, I, have high, <laughs> I have high hopes for him. Um, and then I have Bender, which I do think is funny that people, one of the nicknames that they've called him is um, Big Ball Bender. It's like the ongoing joke I keep seeing coming up on Instagram um, just for his gutsy writing. I put Mark in fifth, or I mean fourth again. Um, and then I put Esperago um, in. Fifth. Well, that's a bold choice there. He's not been great here. Nope. Ever. Nope. Interesting. Well, Interesting. He, he came in ninth last year. And the year before. He's always in ninth. Well. Which isn't great. It's true. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Those are our picks. So, here we got to talk about fantasy because some big things have happened. Let's go ahead and get this piece of news out of the way. But Zeki broke his collarbone. We know Ooh. that. Or, I don't know if he broke it, but he had surgery on it. Uh, and that is going to shake up the fantasy MotoGP world significantly. Yeah, do you hold on to him and hope that he rides well, or do you try and cash out? Well, and here's the thing. The you, 4 million. 
you are going to be able to see him, if he gets cleared to ride, you'll get to see him do free practice one and practice two. So we'll know if he gets into Q1 or Q2 right off, right? So that's going to be helpful. So you're going to want to watch out on Instagram at wheel to wheel podcast. We're going to jump on there on Friday, give you some last minute fantasy advice. A lot of that's going to be predicated on what Bedzaki does, because here's the thing. I'm pretty certain if not everyone, almost everyone in the top 10 of our league has Bedzeki on their team. This could literally change everything for our league. Remember your dad was like, well, Pekka would have to like die, you know, in order for this to change. Bedzeki being not in a race is going to force people to potentially have to remove him from their team and try and figure out someone else which means you might see different choices, which is going to radically change our top 10, I think, in fantasy. So big moves here this weekend in fantasy MotoGP. I'm really excited about what's going to happen because I think that we could see some people propel up and we'll see some people that have been up drop down potentially. So Yeah, this is, this is big news. That would be kind of like Mahomes uh, getting hurt this season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. So... Let's talk about constructors. At this point, uh, like we've said, a bunch, uh, Ducati, KTM, Aprilia, those are the ones you really want. But KTM is on the move for this week, I think. Um, KTM is only $2.7 million, uh, and they've got a good history at this track. Like, they've never been, like, bad here. And I think that Jack Miller, with his skill set at this track and his history of being good here is going to bring that into KTM. So KTM has the opportunity to really show up this week. And knowing that, I don't know if Luca's going to be riding, but Zeki might not be riding. If you had, you know, that's not going to affect your constructor of, of Ducati because Ducati is going to lock in the uh, constructor's championship this weekend and nobody's going to beat them because they have eight bikes on the grid. But my point being is when you're thinking about your team, which we're going to move on to that in a second. KTM is going to be a big, big choice for that because of some of the things that have happened. But like I said, two point seven million for KTM as your constructor. If you don't have Ducati and you want and you you want to save some money to move around to, because you got to get rid of Bedzeki and you're trying to make some big moves, maybe drop down and grab KTM instead of one of the more expensive ones. Or maybe uh, this is a stretch, but maybe Yamaha, knowing Fabio's been pretty good, but. Ultimately, I think that KTM is the the best option other than Ducati this week because Aprilia has been kind of not great at this track. They and, haven't been they haven't been doing great the yeah, last I mean, few races this year. Also true. So I I just don't know that I have the confidence in them. So let's talk teams. Best valued team is KTM at two point six million right now. Bender should do well because he's been doing well. He's got an okay history here. I mean, their last three races is four, four, and six. Yep. So not great, but not terrible. And then Jack Miller has improved uh, in, in Japan significantly uh, with the new chassis and stuff. So hopefully uh, that can continue at a track that he is comfortable on and likes a lot. And if that's the case, KTM is going to be a great team. And knowing that Bedzeki is potentially out and Luca is potentially out, if you have Mooney as your team, you might want to consider bumping them off and grabbing KTM because I think KTM is going to have a really good weekend. Even if that's a temporary thing that you're going to do, um, they're cheaper. It's going to free you up some salary space. It's a, this would be a good move. Uh, it's a good value. 
Uh, sneaky pick, Yamaha. It's 2.3 million. Fabio's got a really good history at this track. You know, there has been some okay success from Morbidelli at this track. So there's a chance that uh, Yamaha will get you a few points. I don't think they're going to be the best, but they could have some a good result. And with that being said, they're also pretty cheap, so it's going to free up that salary room for you to maybe get a better rider um, if you needed to. And then a wild card team pick. We don't do this every week, but a wild card team pick I think is Repsol Honda, $1.7 million. Here's why. It's not actually because of Mark. It's because of Juan Mir. Juan Mir has a great history at this track, like top fives, right? So he is... Well, and they've obviously figured something out at Honda. Yeah, he's he's been solid over the years at this track. They've clearly started to figure something out. He now knows moving forward that he's going to be the guy. He's the guy for Repsol Honda now. And so I think he's going to want to show them that he can do that and he's ready for it at a track that he's comfortable on, good history, uh, and then Mark Marquez, we don't have a clue what he's going to do. <laughs> he hasn't been here in a few years. I mean, the crazy thing is, Repsol Honda has done, like, nothing this year. The Blast GP, they actually only scored four points less than Pramic. Yep. And they actually outscored Lenovo Ducati. Yeah, so I think that with them being $1.7 that's a wild card pick. They could have some pretty good points on, up for grabs for you. And ultimately, that's going to get you something really cheap that you could then spend some big money on one of the really high riders. Like, so say you don't have Pecco or you don't have Jorge. You might be able to afford them if you're only spending 1.7 on your team. So just think about that. It's a good wild card pick. Let's move on to the riders. Best value, it's got to be Jack Miller this week. He's got a really high potential to do very, very well. He's got I some- still would consider him a gamble. Yeah, well, he's either yeah. going to do really well or he's going to put it in the gravel. I, see, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, I think that he's going to do really well or he's going to be stuck in like 10th place. I don't necessarily think he's going to crash because I think that um, I think that he's got the momentum moving into it and I don't think that he wants to crash because he knows that he's got to continue doing well and, and winning some points for KTM. So I think he's going to be more careful than that. Um, but yeah, I think that he's the best value at two point two point zero or two point zero million. Jeez, at two million, I think he's the best value because of the potential that he's bringing to the plate. Yeah, as well as the momentum that he's got and the comfortability that he's gaining on the new chassis and stuff. It's just a good combination. And again, he's really cheap. He's cheaper than Mark Marquez. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's cheaper than Fabio. He's very inexpensive for a potentially a very high return. Like, I'm thinking that he's going to be on the podium for Saturday and potentially top five on Sunday. You could get a lot of points for a little investment here. So just think about that. Like, even if it was like, I'm going to take Bedzeki off my point or off my team for, like, the time being, I'm going to throw Jack Miller on, and then Jack Miller's going to gain some value because he's going to do okay this week, and then I'm going to get Bedzeki back next week and have a little change in my pocket still. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think there's some movement opportunity there. Sneaky pick, I think, is Joe Anzarco. Uh, $2.5 million. Uh, he's not backing down just because he knows that he's leaving Pramac. I think that he's been really solid at this track over the years. Like, he could, 
he could maybe pull off his first win ever with Bedzeki potentially not being in the mix and Luca not in the mix. Like it frees up some space. Fabio DJ Antonio is probably going to be in the dumps a little bit, knowing that he's losing his spot. Like, you know, and he doesn't actually have a ride next year right not now. That Fabio DG Antonio has been spending much time at the front. I mean, the last few races, he's he has improved a lot. So what I'm saying is that's that's three Ducatis that he potentially isn't going to have as much to contend with and deal with. So that's fair. You might see something crazy if Pecco and Jorge are duking it out, like and Bender's up there mixing things up. Like Zarco could just sweep in. So who knows what's going to happen? But Zarco at two point five million, I think, is a sneaky pick. He's a sneaky rider. Like he typically waits until there's five laps left, and then all of a sudden he cuts through the crowd and he ends up on the podium. He just needs to start that at seven laps left so that he can win. <laughs> you right. know, so. Really interesting opportunity there, and he's not super expensive. The wild card, though, at a whopping yeah, at a whopping one point one million, is Juan Mir. The reason I'm putting him on here is because of how cheap he is. So for those of you who are in the like fifties, sixties in our league, and you just have like a twelve million, you know, team value, this is your time. You could potentially put Juan Mir on your team for $1.1 million, free up some space. Maybe that gives you the opportunity to get someone like a Joanne Zarco or a Jack Miller or something like that. That's going to give you more points and it's going to increase your value here right at the end and maybe you can climb out of the depths of the 60s, you know, into maybe getting up to the 40s. But Juan Mir has potential because of his history here. He's got good... Uh, you know, race IQ on this track. He's been consistently pretty good here, and he's coming in with some momentum. I mean, I think he's going to be a top 10 person. I'm not saying he's going to be on the podium, but I think he'll be in the top 10. And that's going to be good value for $1.1 million. Yeah, that's true. And he, with a top 10 finish, he will increase in value, probably two or 300 k and that gives you two or three hundred more K in your pocket, right? That is true. Um, so I think that that's a really solid wild card pick. Uh, it could go either way, though, <laughs> you know. So that is our picks and our advice for fantasy. Uh, it's it's really important to us the fantasy stuff, and I think that it's only going to grow over the years. And it's been really really fun this season, and I'm excited to see kind of how we end up. I'm excited where we're going to be at at the end of this. This weekend, but let's talk about some news. We've already mentioned Edzeki having his surgery and that that's going to impact fantasy a lot. Uh, but what I find interesting is this isn't the first time we've had a rider just like get injured be- while training. Yeah. You know, like it just, it happens pretty often. Uh, but it's, it's, it's crazy because of the impact that's not just going to have on fantasy, but also the championship. Because what we've been seeing is you've got Pecco, Jorge, and then Bedzeki is like messing with things. Yeah. Well, I th- I think uh, a lot of this injuries are, are going to happen in in a sport where you're training and with what they're doing. It's the same as you know if you're watching boxing or cage fighting. Um, Another Oliveira, but Charles Oliveira uh, had like one of the biggest fights of his life lined up, and he has to back out because he's got a you know he's been cut, um, and it's just kind of that's what happens when you train when you fight. 
And mm-hmm. same thing with this. That's the biggest difference I would say between this and football or basketball. You can still get injured at training, um, but I feel like the the injuries that you're gonna have. I'm not not saying that football players or basketball players aren't gonna get injured because their sports easier. I just I think the injuries are gonna be different because you can't play racing a motorcycle. You know, yeah. you can't play a dirt bike or however he trains. You, can't really play that you can't slow it down you can but still when you screw up it's going to have some consequences and unfortunately um as a rider who's competing at this high of a level the consequences are just way greater yeah um so it's yeah it's frustrating but so we don't know what's going to happen uh we'll see come race time uh this weekend i'm sure that they'll clear him or tell him no and we'll find out soon enough but I just, I find that, I think it's going to make a very interesting top five because he's not going to be up there, you know, mixing it up. Yeah. Uh, so and that leaves room for others. But at the same time, it makes me wonder because what's good about that is that then there can't be this weird space where Pecco just gets to cruise around in second place. You know, you've got somebody like contending with him. Yeah. Um, and that I think is going to impact the top five quite a bit. Well, I still, I think that kind of helps, at least it helps Pecco. I think it helps Pecco, yeah. I, I think agree. it helps him big time. So I definitely think um, this is the time where if you don't have Pecco, but you have Bezeki, um, trading him and one of your silver riders, getting somebody like Juan Mir and getting Pecco, if you don't already have him, this would be, I think, a great time to do that mm-hmm. because um, you can't really count on Bezeki, I think, being in that top five and scoring you points like we have been every week. Even if he is riding this weekend, <clears throat> it's unlikely that he's going to be in form. Yeah. Uh, I, I, could, I definitely think he will probably, even if he's hurt, I bet you he'll still get top 10. Um, but I don't know that that's worth being on your gold rider and having that for $4.1 that he's worth. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I would definitely, that's something, I'm, I have him on my gold team now. I'm definitely looking at swapping him, trying to get somebody else, and, you know, just trying to figure out who I want that to be. Yeah. Well, and how the money shakes out, too, is just challenging. So uh, the other thing that I've got here is that Fabio has had an interview this week that was pretty important. Uh, like I, I, I said this a couple weeks ago or whatever, that the silly season starts now for oh, 2025. This, the next year is going to be nothing but drama with yeah. where everybody's going to go. So Fabio made it very clear that his preference and his desire is to stay at Yamaha. He loves Yamaha. That's where he's been. He wants to stay with Yamaha. However, he has made it very clear if Yamaha does not produce a better bike that he can actually win and compete on, he has to leave. This sounds oddly familiar. Right. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen. My gut tells me that it's not going to improve enough for Fabio and he's going to be hunting down an Aprilia seat. But I don't know. I don't know I, what's going to happen. Man, how how dramatic is it going to be if Fabio and Mark both end up leaving their Japanese manufacturers? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be terrible. Well, for- and this is been the most clear I think that Fabio has been about his feelings I mean he's very very supportive of the team like yes he wears it on his you can tell like in his face like he's unhappy but he generally tries to be positive 
and he's not being negative here, but he is just being very realistic. Like, this is what needs to happen. Like, I have to be competitive, and the reason I'm not right now is not because of me. It's because of this motorcycle. Right, And if that doesn't get better, I'm going to go to a motorcycle that I can be competitive on. And I think that, again, I think his eyes are on the Aprilia. My question is, so Repsol did not let Mark bring anybody with him um, to Grassini. So that's that's huge. He doesn't. He's not going to have any moral support. That's any because kind. they know that Mark's not going to be there long. Right. But my biggest question is, will Aprilia let Fabio bring Tom? Yeah, oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, because that's a normal thing, is for riders to take people from their team with them. Yeah. Very I, normal. I honestly, that's the thing I will... Mark's not allowed. Yeah, that's the one thing I will say is my biggest fear for Mark is he's going to have nobody. Um, So, yeah. He's just got to make it a year. Yep. And And then KTM is calling. But then the question is, at the end of the year, will he be able to go, hey, guys from Repsol that I worked with you before, can you follow me over? Because now he's got a year. Well, the other thing is is that we've got to remember that Mark broke his contract. His team was on the same contract. They probably wouldn't let his team break the contract. So it's not just Ducati not allowing them. It's also that those people, like the team that he has, they're under contract with Repsol as well. Right, right. So they can just be like, hey, we'll let Mark out, but we're not letting all of you out. And we can't afford to do that. Right. So they're letting Mark off. So by the time 2025 comes around, a few of them, are, if not all of them, are probably going to have contract renewal cycles and things like that. And there may be the opportunity for Mark to get some of his people back, right. you know, as he moves over, because he's going to leave Grassini. I would like you know. to see at least a couple of those guys go. Has it been with him his entire life? Yeah, it'll probably happen. It'll probably happen. So, uh, but I think it's important just to keep in mind that Fabio is, Fabio is a top rider in MotoGP. Quadraro. Yes, Fabio Quadraro. Not DG Antonio. Yeah, if I'm talking about a Fabio <laughs> in a very positive light, it's pretty guaranteed it's number 20. Um, so, uh, But I think that it's just important to, to keep, in, keep that in perspective that just because he hasn't been, like, the best this year does not mean that he is not, like, one of the best right. in the sport right now. So uh, the last thing, and I've already said this once, is I think that this is the week that Jorge takes the lead in the championship and Pecco is going to be behind. The reason I think that is because of how inconsistent Pecco has been over the years at this track. And with that said, I think the pressure of there being it being such a tight championship right now, that's going to affect Pecco, I think, more than it's going to affect Jorge. And so I think that he doesn't necessarily perform lights out. So, yeah, so I think that Jorge is going to be our leading person in the championship after this week, and everybody's going to have to stop saying that Jorge can't win. Well, I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. Um, Yeah, and I don't know why um, people just act like Pecco has it in the bag. I mean, it obviously is not. drives me nuts. It's not. It's just not that anymore. I mean, Jorge is three points away. Even if he crashes this week, he could still technically come back. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of time left. Um, yeah, there's what, is there five left? I think four or five. Yeah. So yeah, there's time. Um, so this is a close one. I think this is going to come down to Valencia. Especially with the sprints. I mean, I think that that honestly has a huge impact on, 
um, Jorge's ability to stay up there with Pecco, just because, I mean, he's got 37 points up for grabs for the next few weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I doubt, I highly doubt that Pecco is going to win every single one for the remainder. Oh, yeah, no way. Um, I mean, if he won, like, the sprint and main race for, like, the next three in a row, okay, I might say Pecco's got it, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, um, no. But uh, my hot take this week is... <laughs> Between Pecco, Jorge, and Bezeki, I think Bezeki sucks the most. <laughs> that is such a dumb thing to say. <laughs> I don't. Um, okay, I don't actually think Bezeki sucks. I just uh, if you look at the top, those top three, um, I mean they're obviously the ones that have been the most championship contending of all. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bezeki by far has been the one you can't rely on. The most. Well, here's the thing: Bezeki not racing this weekend makes it to where Brad Bender can take third place from him. That would be huge. That would be amazing. I would love to see not three Ducatis in the top three. Oh, I would like that too. So I think that Brad Bender, the door is open. That's another reason why I think that he's going to do well this weekend because he knows that. He knows that there's a significant number of points. Yeah, there's a significant number of points that he can gain on on Bezeki to try and get to that third spot. Oh, and in this, addition to this that... This would be a, the second time, though, that Bezeki loses his third spot. Yep. And that's where the money is. That literally was, happened to him last year. That's what I was going to say. The, the third spot, like the top three is where you start. And Ducati, specifically, their contracts and stuff are built mostly on uh, bonuses based on wins and finishes and, and where you land in the championship. That's where most of your contract is built on those things. So it's really important for somebody on a Ducati to be in the top three. More important than others because others don't have as many bonuses built into their contracts that's more reliant on that, you know? Yeah. But KTM getting in the top three would be huge, and especially for Brad Bender, just a boost of yeah. you know, morale. That would be great. So It would be just another time for Bezeki to lose his third spot. Yeah. Um, you got one more. Let's hear it. Um, I, I still think it's weird. I know there's probably some rule out there preventing anybody from talking about this, but Grissini has not announced or said anything other than that one time that the offer was there and then Mark Marquez announcing himself. And I'm sure that everything is fine and it's just a matter of time before they announce. But I also just wonder, you know, is, is it a for sure thing that Mark is going to Grissini and then just, I, it looks weird. That's all I can say. Yeah, I think it's a done deal. I think that they just have to do some legal stuff, some paperwork before they can actually announce that. Uh, I think that there's probably still some fine-tuning on how much he's getting paid and things like that simply because we know Mark's going to take a huge pay cut and all of these things. He might still be trying to fight for at least one person to come with him. And, and you know what I mean? Like, there's probably things like that happening behind the scenes. And ultimately, he's going to end up at Grassini with Alex. And we all know that it just hasn't been announced yet, but it will be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Mark on a bike that I think he'll be happier on. I just, as far as it being more of a finished product, nervous to see how he handles. No, no team. Yeah, and uh, well, just not really I'm, having any. Control. I'm interested to see how he's going to handle not having the whole world revolve around him. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like that's the way his whole career has been. Like everything revolves around Mark. 
he is going to have nothing revolving around him there. Yeah, it's true. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him. So, But I don't think that he's in any danger. I don't think there's any weird like conspiracy that you think might be happening, Ty, that where Ducati's like, yeah, we'll lure him away from Honda, and then we'll just not actually let him get on a bike. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> happening. Um, and if it was, he would just go back to Repsol, but Repsol probably wouldn't pay him the $25 million that they originally had. So really weird, really interesting stuff, but I think that he's locked in and we'll get there. So that's all we've got for this week. Um, we're excited about the racing and everything that's coming, and you need to let us know what your thoughts on the fantasy stuff is. What are you going to do with Bedzeki? Are you going to drop him off your team? Are you going to hold out? You know, what are your thoughts? Uh, let us know what you think of our picks for the weekend. Let us know what, what you think, you know, your picks are and all those so that we can compare notes. And you can do all that by reaching out to us on Instagram at wheel to wheel podcast. Uh, and if you want to support us further, you can also find in our in our bio there, you can click on that link and it'll take you to where you can do financial support for our podcast. That just helps us take it further faster. Uh, if you want to do that, that's amazing. We would greatly appreciate it. If not, it's totally okay. If you just want to be one of the supporters that listen regularly, we really, really appreciate that, and that matters deeply to us. Uh, but if you could just go a little bit further with that and help us out by rating the podcast or liking it, uh, writing a review, sharing it with a friend, that would be awesome, and we would really appreciate it. And if you do rate the podcast, five stars, baby, five stars. <laughs> Because we're awesome. I, I like to think so. <laughs> That's all we got for you this week. And we appreciate you listening. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>